0: Hey friends, back here with another episode of how they started their tech career. Today, we have an AWS community builder who is a principal engineer at Dazon and also the creator of Open Up The Cloud by which he's trying to help people get their start in cloud software engineering. I know it's been a long time since we released an episode um, for how they started their tech career, but here we are, please welcome Lou. So before we dive into the episode, why don't you take it for a short introduction?
1: Yeah, sure. So my name is Lou. And uh, so I currently work as a principal engineer for DAZN, uh for our developer experience team. But I think probably maybe people know me more for sort of lurking about in the different cloud communities and stuff like that. Um, so I run, uh, well, it's hard to define it. So I run sort of a blog and a YouTube channel and things like that um mm-hmm. under the name open up the cloud so open up the um and i've been doing that for for quite some time and kind of all over the different social media and stuff like that um all the different cloud space and yeah sort of over the last few years it's kind of snowballed i kind of started talking and writing about the cloud a little bit more and over time um things have just like kind of just kept steam and i kind of just kept answering people's questions and kind of getting more into the community and stuff like that and um, yeah, and we kind of are where we are now. Um, probably the the website and, and writing has always been uh, kind of a staple of sort of the thing I've been doing in the past, and probably still to this day is probably the biggest part of um, what I do. But um, even in this last year, just getting into YouTube as well um, has been quite interesting as well, because I've it's mostly been an experiment, and I didn't share it uh, with mm-hmm. a lot of people. People start stumbling across it, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I should probably yeah. start sharing this out a bit more, a bit more broadly. Because uh, I, I don't know about you, but I sort of went into it a little bit bashful a little bit shy about, um, you know, trying to get my, my head around how everything works. And there's so much to to kind of understand in the YouTube world. It's uh, you never really know when when stuff feels like sort of good enough to share. Um, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. And I think yeah, yes, I'm, I've been in this kind of same boat uh with just like youtube and stuff like i loved writing blogs because you you don't have to face a camera and you just write what knowledge you have or what idea you have whereas in in the video format it's really hard to present it in a way that the user or your audience understands it and on top of that you need to be creative right so yeah it's it's a journey for sure yeah, yeah. Um and I think that's how we met, like you just being active in multiple cloud communities and being active on Twitter. I came across a few of your blog posts and yeah, I think that's when we connected and just started like sharing each other's content. But yeah, no, it's been it's been when I look at it, it's been crazy because you do work full time as the principal software engineer, and then you also have open up the cloud. And then you're also doing youtube and other community related stuff so so how do you like manage your time um when it <laughs> comes to because we we all also have our like personal lives and personal responsibilities
1: yeah i mean that's a great question so uh before, well before that i can't really speak to how necessarily i did it before but now i've kind of got a bit more serious about it. Um, the way that i've basically been doing it is I, I get up in the morning and spend a bit of time uh, pretty much before work, uh, most days I try and I try and get up before work most days to to kind of work on stuff. For the last few weeks, I've been I've been off, so I haven't really been uh, been doing that stuff for the last few weeks. And uh, it's funny, right? Because it kind of it, it plays on your mind a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. I think over time I've got a bit more mature about you know it's okay to to take a little bit of time uh, here and there. But basically, I try and just take a little bit of time before work, a couple of hours, really. Um, you know, I might do some stuff in the evenings here and there, like if I'm doing a bit of reading or responding to people on Twitter and stuff like that, but that's not really uh, it's not really scheduled in. And if I do mm-hmm. or don't do that, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I have quite a at this point, quite a structured sort of regime around what I do uh, in the mornings. And I kind of um, in order to sort of I get get a bit more productive around everything, I try to line stuff up so that I know exactly what I'm doing uh, mm-hmm. each day in the mornings. Um, I would say it certainly is a struggle um, sometimes with running so many different things to try and prioritize across them. Uh, but it, but it's interesting as well, right? Because I wanted to, I wanted to get into the YouTube stuff because I wanted to, I wanted to show my face and I think that's important. I want people to yep. see that, you know, uh, kind of a real person because the blog for a while kind of got a lot of traffic and I feel like people mm-hmm. probably read a lot of my stuff, but people probably never even knew it was me that was behind it, even though you have your little author bio and stuff at the bottom. I feel like so many people must have read my work, but just never knew it was Mm -hmm. me. And I feel like over the last six months or a year, I tried to sort of put my face on stuff a little bit more and kind of push the fact that it's me behind it. And that that has made a huge difference, um, to be fair from people in terms of, I think just building trust behind some of the stuff that I'm, that I'm doing and talking about, I guess when people could see you and kind of relate to you and stuff like that. Um, But no, I basically do a lot of it in basically in the mornings. I've had a few people a few times ask me if I'm doing stuff full time. And I'm like, no, no, not at all. (laughs) Um, Some of the videos I did sort of on the weekends and stuff, but I tried to as well condense that down. Um, Mm -hmm. I did a few series um, that I did on the weekends, but I very deliberately wanted to make sure that it wasn't taking up loads of time. So what I I did some of those in sort of batches and some of those I even did like three or four different videos at the same time. So it was even just like sort of one one weekend, one weekend day in a month I would do some filming and then throughout the rest of the week in the mornings I would do a bit of editing and stuff like that. And generally speaking, it doesn't actually take up too much time as a result of that. Maybe what no. other people would think. It's more of that just like constantly putting in maybe two or three hours before work every day.
0: Um that all just adds
1: up really
0: yeah i think that's i believe uh, this is there are things that you learn by doing them over time and i think that was one thing that i was doing wrong before was i usually kept like my side projects or videos or blog stuff for later in the day so like i would start my day with my work and then by the end of the day i would be so exhausted and down the path of like last year going like six seven months into like content just blogs tweets and videos i couldn't keep myself consistent because i would be like so tired or burned out just by doing work and i think now what i have built is you need to have a routine to stay consistent and like consistency is really important uh especially like in this space and what i have learned is for me weekends work great because I can just relax and like focus and I'm way more productive than any of the like working days. Um, and that's just me, but yeah, I guess like putting it in the mornings too is like a really good way because you're, you just woke up, you're fresh and you're like have your creative juices running through your brains. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's really good to know. And yeah, I think like people who are trying to get into the content creation world, like to get some tips from our conversation here and just to like dive a bit go back in time I, I would love to know like a bit of background when when you were like really young like were you into um tech at all or were you like geek like in, um <laughs> into computers a yep. lot or did it grow over you like as you uh were getting older
1: yeah, so this is interesting, so I, I saw your video about your story and it, it was great actually I haven't really put all out there about my own story, so I really wanted to kind of copy or do something similar about that, but I haven't talked about this a lot myself. Um, I would say it's mixed so I I definitely wasn't I've spoken to some people in tech sort of programmers and they're sort of saying you know when they were eight years old or something they would get some small computer and they were like doing programming and things like that, and I, I feel like those people are. um. You know, I'm very lucky to kind of get exposure at that such an early mm-hmm. age, really. So, so I didn't. So, I I was always very interested in tech and and that kind of thing when I was growing up. And I kind of throughout school, like there was many different subjects that I enjoyed. Um, and it was actually quite a struggle to kind of pick something that I was kind of interested in. Um, so I ended up doing sort of a part computer science degree. The reason that I didn't do a full computer science degree because at the time. Um, I guess because I hadn't had such a deep background, I didn't really know, I suppose, if I would enjoy it. So what I did is I kind of spread that, did sort of part, I guess, like classical sort of business or I guess what the Americans like, MBA style kind of stuff as well, Mm -hmm. and then do the part like computer science. Um, But as time evolved and I could pick modules and courses and stuff in university, I ended up going more and more onto the computer science side. And that's... I. I guess to me was uh, almost a bit more bit of a regret, really, if I could go back in time and actually have done sort of full computer science, I would love Mm. to, because I missed out on quite a lot of that experience. So whilst I have a computer science degree, so to speak, I missed out on a lot of those core modules because I was also doing stuff um, over on sort of the classical business side. Um, And I wish I wish I had the confidence really to kind of just go all in on that from the start. But I think I just had this sort of hesitancy um, around it and yeah so basically my first exposure to let's say to programming stuff came when i was about 18 which is actually in university Mm um i'd seen other people program before and i remember in school i had one of my friends is actually he was into app building and stuff like that he was like this crazy guy um i I have no idea how he taught himself or how he even got into it but uh he was like one of the few guys in our school that was like into apps and stuff and he was like Mm he had these really quite successful apps for like quite a young guy um and i remember always being really being really sort of amazed by the stuff that he built and i remember he sort of first showed us some css stuff when i was maybe i don't know 16 17 and i was just like my brain was melting i thought this guy had like superpowers or something um and i I was just like wow that's incredible i have no idea how he how he learned that and stuff um Mm -hmm. but but yeah, I guess maybe some of those inspirations and stuff kind of led me down that path. And eventually over time, I kind of learned that uh, it was something that I could do. Um, mm-hmm. Probably for other people, maybe they jumped straight into it, but it took me, I think a long time, a lot of sort of tentative steps. And this this is a pattern that still plays out in my life now. These sort of tentative steps, seeing if I like it, and then eventually you get the confidence after a while um, and just go, okay, yeah, I, I, I can actually do this which is funny yep. because i think people looking on the outside think that you've always had this confidence or you've always had this interest and no no like yeah. it 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 takes a long time for that sort of to mature and for you to realize that you like it so
0: no for sure i think that's the one thing that i would like to point out is most of us have don't like figured it out until now too like I, I don't know what i'll be doing in like 5 years or 6 years um and the the way i see it is you just got to try it out right that's that's only the way you'll know if you like it or not and you have you would have the confidence okay yeah this is uh, like i want to dive deep into this particular niche even if it's not tech related right um yeah. and i don't know how many people out there know that i was I dropped out of university doing computer science just because I was like, I I don't know if I want to do this. Um, And then (laughs) went back uh, and instead of doing like a full four year degree, I'm like, I'll get something that's takes less time and also is cheaper. (laughs) So I did a two year diploma in like computer networking and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, So yeah, you know, it takes, multiple tries and you need to try out different things in order to build that confidence that, okay, yeah, this is what I want to do with my life.
1: No, that is
0: is really interesting.
1: Uh, Well, for me as well, I, I, so my first job I got as a placement year between my uh, university studies. So after my second year, so I'd basically been programming bits and pieces within my university for two years. Mm -hmm. I get my first job and... I remember it wasn't until maybe six months into that first job where I actually kind of had this moment where I was like, I actually enjoy this and I think that I can do it. And mm-hmm. so it took me a full two and a half years of actually doing it before that kind of like moment came where I had the confidence to continue. But like, that's a long time. I think, you know, I think that's probably yeah. a lot longer than other people would expect two and a half <laughs> years. Like, wow. Okay. Like you think you get that maybe a couple of months in or something, but now, no, not mm-hmm. necessarily.
0: Yeah, I think that really takes us into like a really good segue here, um, towards the question, like, what was your first tech job and like, how did you end up there or how did you get it? What different things you did to like get into tech? Yeah. So around the time that I was, uh,
1: thinking about going and do my degree, whilst I'm an academic kind of person, I also, I was really itching to start work. Um, mm-hmm. mm. for whatever, for whatever reason, I really just wanted to get into the workplace. So we have this op- sort of way that it's set up in the UK. I don't know how it works elsewhere, but they kind of encourage you sometimes to do a placement. So between your university, so between second and third year, they yep. sort of encourage you to do a year out and, uh, go out into the industry and, and get a job and, and get started. And yeah, it, uh, it was a struggle that, that first job, um, they you start applying at the start of your second year and then obviously around summertime when the end of the second year, hopefully you've got things, uh, all lined up and yeah, that was a, re- that was a struggle because I watched other people, the classmates or the friends, they all landed placements very early, like September, mm-hmm. October time, which is like the start of the, of our academic year. And it, it took me forever. Um, it took me, I, 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 I think I got through by like two or three days in the end, because what happened is, uh, so I, I used to work in the in the US as well, you know, in, in the summer camps over the summer. And I spent an entire year applying and getting rejected applying and getting rejected this entire year. And I had this conversation with my dad around sort of May time the following year. So it'd been about nine months. And mm-hmm. I said to him, I said, I don't, I don't know what I wanna do right now because I can stay at home this summer and keep applying and hope that by September, That I have something otherwise I have to go back basically and do my final year but Mm -hmm. I had to make a a sort of decision and I was like I've had terrible luck I cannot find anything whatsoever um what what you know what 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 should I do you know we had this Mm -hmm. conversation and I actually made the decision that I I was, I basically gave up on it and said you know what I'll tell my university I'm going back to do my final year I've tried you know I've done so many interviews that, that I can't do it um Mm -hmm. i just couldn't make it work and i'll I'll go back and do my final year and funnily enough so i went away i worked the summer and right at the end of the summer like september time maybe two weeks or something to go i had like a remote interview with this this one company uh who then just took a shot on me uh gave me the the job as like a junior um which is crazy because I was there, you know, basically spending a little bit of money that I'd earned to do, you know, go around and see a few places. And I was meant to be going back to do my final year, like two weeks time. And this Mm -hmm. came in, this job, um, working for this company uh, based in London, uh, which then started off a whole journey going down and worked in London for ever since then, actually, for the next sort of eight years or so. Um, Nice. And that was basically was in, was in web development. I was applying for absolutely everything at the time, Mm -hmm. pretty much any, you know, as, as, as desperation set in towards the end, I was applying for for pretty much anything. Um, And they hired me basically as a web developer and I just kind of got into that. I started doing some sort of JavaScript stuff, some front end stuff, some back end stuff, and uh, everything kind of snowballed from there. But I suppose for me as well, that kind of first job step happened Mm -hmm. twice because I had the placement for a year. But then I had to go back do my final year, and then I had to go back and kind of apply for a job afterward. Now, of course, I had that year of uh, yep. experience, but actually, that was that was really useful because the second time around, like the way that I approached everything was like completely different, just from having um, some of those insights from that first year go round. Um, yeah, to, I can I can dig into that as well because I feel like there were some very specific things that I did that made my whole life so much easier the second time around that maybe i i probably did not for sure
0: yeah let's let's dive yeah. into that because i think it'll there will be like a lot of students and professionals that are in like same same situation right now
1: yeah yeah because so basically what, what i did at the time and it's something that i continue to recommend really was uh because i started to see into the industry and i think that you can do this even if you're not if you didn't have the experience that I had by working, is finding basically like a specific, very specific tech stack. So, Mm. I mean, at the time it was um, was like the mean stack, which has evolved and changed and stuff like that, which was Mongo Express, uh, Angular and Node. Um, And what was really interesting about that specific tech stack at the time is it was really hot and companies just wanted you to know those skills, to be honest, and Mm -hmm. if you were good at those, they would hire you pretty much. So what I did was I sort of spent my final year, you know, even in probably I sat there in modules that I was probably supposed to be listening in and stuff like that. And I was basically building uh, just this one big project that I was going to build for my final year in this specific tech stack. But what I did is I just sort of, you know, Mm -hmm. I was like, this is the tech stack that I'm going to learn. I'm going to nail this. I'm going to learn it inside out. Um, So that's kind of what I did with that insight then using that to get in and. It was it was funny, it worked perfectly, it was, it, uh, it was like a dream uh, to the, when I actually then got the subsequent job, it was funny because I'd spent that entire year learning what at the time was like AngularJS, which is, you know, uh, about eight years ago, it had just come out and there was no one on the market that knew it. And here I was, this graduate, I just graduated. And basically, I, I knew more than pretty much anyone on the market because I had that unique chance to spend a year really digging into it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that pattern can still be applied today, you know, taking something that maybe has come out maybe one or two years ago where people in people in industry, they don't have the time to study it like I did, or like maybe you do, if you, you know, if you're taking that time in the mornings or in the evenings to learn, And I think that might surprise people because then when I got in, my bosses at the time were like almost dumbfounded. They were like, we don't get it. How, you know, this so well, like better than some of the the engineers Mm. that we have that like We've got engineers here with ten years of experience, but you seem to be more productive. Mm-hmm. How is this even possible like you're you're a junior? yeah, this shouldn't be possible, but that was because I'd spent so long reading docs and just like immersing myself in that one technology. I watched every video that was on youtube I watched yeah, For I watched sure. everything read everything, <laughs> so I think that that made a huge difference in that second time round, and it was so much easier um no basically. yeah i think
0: yeah so it kind of like you got some exposure uh working at that placement i guess and then um you just kind of saw what industry is moving forward to and what they'll look into uh, like in in the near future and you executed like a really good plan on okay i'll I'll made this one one technology that will be or you weren't obviously like you had a bit of idea that will be adopted in the industry itself, which helped you land the role. And that's the thing that I I also point out to people who are really like starting out their career. And I think I can reflect back on my journey too, is I didn't know what cloud was um, and I was working in help desk. And then someone introduced me to cloud while I was on my placement. And that's when I was like, okay, um, if I'm going back and like, if I have some time left, I'm just going to focus on AWS is the one that I chose. And I like nailed it down. Even though after that, I got a job offer that was still like tech support. I'm like, fine, I'll take it because they were using AWS. I knew that. And then later um, when there was a job opening in the cloud team, it was easy for me to transition to that role, obviously because I was like an internal employee. But apart from that, if I hadn't that, like if i hadn't had that insight i would have um still be lost i guess uh trying out different things but yeah i think um it's a really good tip on like picking picking one technology and like just immersing yourself into it will get you a long way um rather than just like picking and trying this for like a month and then picking another technology trying that for a month um yeah no that is a great tip yeah, and
1: that that's one of the things that I see that a lot of people struggling with, um, especially so now now I'm kind of like completely immersed in in sort of the cloud community and, and people obviously always asking me questions and stuff. And I think that that is, that's probably one of the biggest things I think I see people trip up on, um, especially mm-hmm. in the cloud space as well is focusing on such a sort of like a sort of broad range of skills that don't really make sense. Like I, some of the, the things that people tell me that they're, they're learning is like baffling. It's, this is going to take you years to learn these things. And, and there's just a random collection of, you know, I, I don't know but like, I want to learn a bit of Java and C++ and a bit of Azure and a bit of AWS, yeah. and some Kubernetes. And I'm like, have you got like 10 years or something? Because like <laughs> this is going to take ages. Um, For sure. So, and that's, that, even when i talk to people i can i can see that they they struggle with that they don't want to to let go of some of these because they've obviously got their heart set on learning various different bits and pieces but Mm -hmm. i don't know if you know once the when you when you're trying to apply you're trying to actually get through that hurdle i think it kind of just focuses stuff and you know when you're running out of time and the pressure's on like then you've got to just narrow it down decide okay what's what's the A better strategy for this, because yeah, otherwise you'll just spend forever just trapped learning random stuff, and Mm -hmm. you know never get over that first hurdle. I think.
0: Yeah, and I think I've like, I I've been there personally. Um, when they I saw like, oh, JavaScript is the new like (laughs) go-to language, especially with Twitter, right? You you see all these amazing threads and tweets. Oh no, you should learn Python, and I like I was and I'm not, I don't consider myself a developer uh, just because I haven't gone down that rabbit hole. And also that's not what I've like studied uh, for, like I haven't spent my time there. And that's why I like keep shuffling between languages, which kept me away from like actually understanding one and like mastering one. Um, Because the most important thing I found out is the concepts itself because then you can just transfer them to whatever language you want to use. Um, but that's what I have struggled in the past. And yeah, no, that that is a good tip uh, for anyone who is starting out and seeing all these cool buzzwords uh, on job postings or on tweets or whatever other social media platform you're using is to like pick one which you think looks more most interesting to you and then just choose that, um, immerse into that for like a year or so and see where it gets you. No, that is, yeah. that is a really good tip. I,
1: I don't know about you as well, but I certainly have, it's very rare that I come across someone that makes a decision that I think is a bad decision. It's very mm-hmm. rarely that someone comes and says, I want to learn this language. And I'm saying, no, that's a terrible idea. Cause no one's suggesting me to learn like some really old languages or Perl or Cobol or something like that. No, no one ever suggested that. Yeah. It's like the problem, the problem is not, yeah, the problem is not the decision. The problem is just committing to one and sticking mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, they- people come to go lang is that good or python mm. or whatever and it's like, uh, like they're all good you know yeah. i have opinions but it all works like you know very rarely does if in fact I, I can't even think of it. one time someone came to me and i was like now nah, that's a hideous decision don't do that i, I can't mm-hmm. remember ever saying that in certainly not in in recent memory yeah. anyway
0: no that is very good um yeah i think that's most of the time that's my answer too because People usually come to me and ask which cloud to pick. And I'm like, (laughs) they're they're all the same. Um, They all do the same thing. Um, So, yeah, just, like, search. If you can't make a decision, search through your job market or cities that you're looking at, see which one is the most adoptable or which, like, what companies are choosing as their cloud provider and pick that so that it's easy to get a job. Um, but yeah, yeah, I have never said okay. Yeah, don't pick Azure because this and that, or don't pick AWS. Um, no, think that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So, um, I know you mentioned you did a bachelors in information management and computing, and you yes. have some. Yeah, that's actual that title. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I see. said you had some concerns in regards to if you could go back in time you wanted to be like completely doing computer science degree um so was that is that i know that there have been norms like in especially in india too uh you need to get your bachelor's degree which is not the case in especially in like north america here in us and canada i guess because things are getting easier for people to enter the tech space Oh, uh, even yep. if you don't have a degree, but how is, how is the scene in like Europe or UK now? Um,
1: it's a tough one because I don't have the, the data to hand. I certainly have mm-hmm. sort of anecdotal. Um, I, I really don't think it matters a lot because okay. it's crazy because the, because the job market is tough. It's really tough right yeah. now. Anyway, for employers, it's really hard mm-hmm. for them to find people. I would really be surprised. Let's say if they were knocking people back or rejecting people because they didn't have degrees. I think that that would be kind of crazy if you had a genuinely good candidate or a genuinely good CV come through mm-hmm. and they don't have some sort of degree on that. Maybe some employers do, but so many other employers are going to be willing to take you because the market is, you know, the, yeah. there, there's a huge demand and not a lot of supply, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, but as well, obviously I, I had one, so that kind of, um, matter through that but when when I've been involved let's say in hiring processes for other companies now nah, mm, it's never been it's never been it's never been relevant to me certainly not something that I ever um
0: mm-hmm.
1: particularly look for maybe let's say if you're a company and you have a lot of CVs come through potentially mm-hmm. in that case right like you might you have to Use sift on something
0: filter,
1: yeah. they have to yeah they have to filter on something so in that case maybe that some companies will um mm-hmm. but um, Yeah, only a handful of companies, to be honest, only the the popular ones or some of the the bigger companies are going to be having uh, inundated with CVs. I think a lot of other companies struggle. There's a lot of other small to medium sized companies, um, which is something that I recommend to people as well is go find small and medium sized companies because they struggle with getting, you know, their job adverts out there. So they're going to have less CVs through the door. So stuff like degrees and stuff is going to matter less to them than it is to some of the big tech companies. But um, Mm -hmm. I yeah I w- I want to say that it really doesn't matter that much at all. I have heard stories of some people saying that they've been rejected based on that ground, so I'm a little bit hesitant to to be fully um sort of confident yeah. that it doesn't matter at all, but I I certainly wouldn't be I, w- I wouldn't be bothered if I was entering the market at this point in time and not getting a degree, to be honest. I w- I wouldn't sweat it at all. Um
0: yeah. No, oh, that's yeah, I think yeah, it's it's pretty the same here too. Um, especially like not even now, like back in 2017, you go back when I, I was looking for jobs, um, to some extent, like you, you brought up a good point of big tech companies. Yeah. They, they would, because they're receiving like thousands or 2000 more than that applications for even one job posting, they need some grounds to filter, um, so many applications um whereas like big or sorry mid-size or small companies they, they don't look for that uh especially because there there are not too many applicants right and if you if you have the basic knowledge most likely you'll be called on an interview and then things go from there no that is yeah i think it's pretty same <laughs> to what we have here um and how what about like your so your i see you have worked uh Quite at quite a few companies and just wanted to see like how how your journey in tech has been so far. Does it ever got like rough uh, in between some years? Uh, I am definitely sure you might have had some bad experiences and some really good experiences. So like, do you want to, do you have some that you want to share? Uh...
1: (laughs) <laughs> of course uh, do you mean sort of like war stories or or, yeah, or do you yeah. just want to know kind of like my sort of trajectory or path through as well um, um because yeah, actually let
0: start with the path and then, mm-hmm.
1: then. <laughs> yeah we can certainly talk about war stories as well um yeah, yeah so i mean i so i i worked in this for, this first job uh that i had for a year and that actually maybe an offer to go back um, which mm-hmm. is great, but i didn 't accept it for for various reasons I wanted to try uh different companies uh, i, I can 't remember why I, why I felt like that too much at the time. I probably just thought let 's let 's go and see something new um, mm-hmm. which is precisely what I did um, and then worked for another startup at the time and to be honest even at this point, I still really enjoy working at startups um let 's say companies below sort of When I say startup, I mean, more like sort of 40, 50 people and and, and smaller. And, you know, the company that I work for now to zone, uh, you could maybe call them a startup, but they're huge we have thousands of Mm. people. Um, -hmm. but like on the smaller side, it's usually what I kind of enjoyed. And, um, and yeah, I suppose it's interesting, right? Because throughout your career there, there's no rule book about when to jump, when to leave, when to change jobs and stuff like that. It's something that's a very personal decision and for sure every time when i've sort of made a decision there's definitely been some people that maybe thought it was a bad decision or tried to convince me not to do it um yep. and you just have to work out for yourself <laughs> like what the pros and cons are what the risks are and kind of, mm-hmm. yeah there there is no rule book and even now actually I'm, I'm changing jobs even next week so i've kind of been through this process again um uh, mm-hmm. quite recently um uh, which is which is interesting so i work for them for a startup and um from from there basically i had this itch to kind of go and see a lot more companies so i actually then moved into kind of like an agency consultancy for for a couple of years after that and that was great because what i wanted to see there i wanted to see a whole different range of companies i wanted to see how they were doing stuff were they doing stuff differently and i think a lot of people maybe have this idea of like like maybe there's some magic or some secret sauce that some companies Mm -hmm. are doing that you haven't seen and you want to see it um So I kind of got exposed to a lot of different companies, you know, some like uh, some big sort of e-commerce companies here. And um, I worked as well in some government departments and a lot of different, like, and even like a finance startup and stuff like that. So a real sort of mix of different companies. And that was quite liberating because it it kind of made me realize that there isn't a secret source as such. Like the, -hmm. I'd never saw anything. I've seen cool stuff in different places and different companies have done things in, in nice ways, but. I don't think I ever came across anything like, oh, my God, this company is doing something so different to what I've ever mm. done before. I don't know. what. I don't know. It's just a hang up. And I think a lot of people have that. I have a friend that I've been chatting to recently, got a job um, more recently. And he was, yeah, he was asking about grad schemes. He was like, um, you know, should I go do a grad scheme or a regular job? Because mm. I feel like a grad scheme will show me different things. And I feel like he's going through that same mental process, which is, Got to be something out there, this secret source, this magic in you know, other companies are doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I then worked for that agency for quite some time. And right at the end of that time is when I was working for this this sort of finance startup. And uh that's actually the beginning of where my sort of introduction into the sort of cloud stuff um kind of took mm-hmm. off. Because yeah, even my first job, I was basically exposed to the cloud. I was working in AWS from in, in my placement I talked about, which is yep. nearly I guess like nearly ten years ago or something like that. Now, um, mm-hmm. this is back when AWS had like I don't know, must have had like ten services. It must have been so simple. I thought it was so complicated at the time. <laughs> it must have been very straightforward. Um, yeah, and I, what, the stuff that we were with this finance startup, I just I just really enjoyed it. We were building sort of some Node.js microservices, and we were very close to to AWS and the cloud and and things like that. And I kind of just when I was going working for that particular client, I was like mm-hmm. I, "I want to do more of this. I really enjoy this, and the nature of the sort of agency consultancy business is you're going to move and get pushed about between clients and at that point, I sort of made a decision i said i'd i've seen enough I've seen enough clients I've seen enough companies I want to continue doing this particular tech stack um and that's when I sort of made made a change and and shifted then to working for the zone and trying to get more sort of into the nice. cloud and um work closer with AWS and stuff and stuff like that as well, which, yeah, which obviously then happened quite a lot as well, which is great. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think, um, for me as well, I've, I've, reflected on this a bit. And I think around the sort of serverless revolution time, to be honest, is when I really became quite interested in, in cloud stuff. Um, I think that that, that's the point in cloud history where I think the cloud became something different um mm, before the serverless i think yeah yeah it felt like cloud was just shifting data center stuff onto the cloud and there was mm-hmm. yeah, there's benefits but it was kind of as a software engineer yeah whatever i don't care if my stuff runs on a server that we own or we don't yeah. own that's like a business thing that from a software development center, I, I don't really mind um but when the serverless sort of uh, stuff came out mm-hmm. it was a whole different ball game it opened this this whole sort of world of opportunity of like just new things that you could do that you couldn't do before. And I was like, okay, I'm in yeah. for this. I want to ride mm-hmm. this wave. And I suppose that's like the recognizing that sort of mean stack early on, it's kind of like mm-hmm. a more advanced version of that, right? Where you're like, okay, I want to choose a new sort of tech stack or a specialty. I want to go into that. No. Even, at, no. even at a latest, later point in my career where I'm like, cool cloud, I want to, you know, cloud and AWS and, you know, serverless and stuff like that. I want that to be. That's my new mean stack. That's my new focus. That's my new like. I'm gonna uh, spend a lot of time mm-hmm. looking into this. So for yeah, sure. that's kind of like picking my way through the different companies to get to to kind of where I am at the moment. And I'm about to make another switch as well uh, and go in a, in a, in a
0: different direction. <laughs> in a okay. Direction in a, in a week's time. So nice. Yeah. yeah so I guess. Um, yeah. So look out for Lou's update. <laughs> um and he makes that makes that change um but yeah no that is that is a really interesting I would say career progression from um getting a degree in management and then also computer information and then going towards like doing your placements figuring out what was like the hot topic that was going to be in the industry mean mean stack and then picking on the wave that cloud brought into the tech industry I think is I think we use a term called like early adopters. Um, And I think that that helps you a lot, especially like it gives you that opportunity to be employable in the longer run. Um, But yeah, I think cloud is here to stay. Uh, So no kudos to you on that. And I also see a really interesting um, company on your LinkedIn. It's Splito. So you, I think you <laughs> you kind of founded it with your some old friends and colleagues to like manage bill pay. Yeah. And... Yeah. That, that that was
1: an interesting journey. I mean, to be fair, it's kind of um, kind of like we, we've sort of halted stuff at the moment and um, we're trying to figure out sort of the next step for it and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Largely, I mean, Spitu was a bit of a sort of almost like a very large sort of side project that we started maybe a couple of years ago. Um, Thanks. Uh, that we're, it's kind of on pause for the moment, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we kind of learned a lot, I suppose, throughout that, uh, throughout that journey is sort of me and some, some old colleagues and, um, and some other friends kind of put that together and had a play, you know, putting together sort of a, a SaaS app and kind of going through that journey of trying to put things together. The, the thing that we struggled with, largely with that, um, the app in general actually was trying to find sort of a, a product market hmm. fit. Um, mm-hmm. We we got sort of a lot of attention and we got a lot of signups and stuff, but we we struggled sort of converting customers and things. And um, eventually, at some point, we kind of decided to take a step back and could we could we take the the sort of products in a different directions and, and things like that? And that's kind of where where we're at now. Whether we want to take some of the the technology and ideas, and kind of take it in a different direction. Um, and and yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, throughout my time, actually, I've built quite a few, um, different sort of smaller sort of SAS, uh, sort mm-hmm. of products playing around with around that time, actually I was juggling across quite a few I had three different projects running at the time. One was my own one was this for two and one with another friend as well. And I kind of had to, <laughs> I had to shut some down to kind of double down in different places. Um, but no, I, I mean, I was doing that actually just just mainly for the fun just to play about with technologies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to use them uh sort of in anger um like actually use them in, in sort of real scenarios and things like that that that's been sort of a uh quite a big use actually because then you can play play with tech on your own i think yeah if you work for a lot of big companies sometimes a lot of these different pieces of the puzzle are solved for you um, mm-hmm. so i had this sort of curiosity like i want to build everything like I don't want any bit to be done by someone else. I want to learn every different bit and piece, of how everything fits together. Um, so that was kind of the curiosity behind behind doing some of that. And uh yeah, it is an interesting one because it um it largely was like a skin around um behind like Stripe and the Stripe APIs and stuff like that, which to this day as well is still one of my favorite um SaaS products. It's incredible. Uh, it doesn't get nearly as much attention as it deserves in the industry, like yep. in terms of how many companies like Stripe is like powering behind the scenes? You hear, mm-hmm. you know, you hear about all the fang companies and stuff, but they're like sort of obviously because they're consumer products that people use. Yeah. Stripe is a behind the scenes type product, so people don't mm-hmm. talk about it. But but like it's just this incredible company, and we were able to build this sort of payments processing platform on the back of some of the, the stuff within Stripe and. We sort of hacked around with some of their APIs and things, and we did some stuff with their APIs that was quite funny. We would get on support with uh, with some of the Stripe people, and even they were like quite baffled at what we'd even managed to like architect on top of their their <laughs> stuff. They were like, "No, nah, no, nah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to do that because what mm. we were essentially building is like a platform for platforms. We were building like a marketplace, um, yep. kind of like an Etsy or whatever. Where, yeah, it all got a bit complicated, but. Um, it was around the time that they released their it's like the stripe connect product which is like mm. a super interesting uh super interesting product which allows you to make basically marketplaces so it's not just peer-to-peer payments you have sort of intermediary companies that sell on your behalf i guess like ebay or etsy and stuff nice um and that's that's a cool product and yeah one thing is yes yeah, i'm always urging people to go take a look at stripe as well like look at their docs and their products even if you don't mm. care about payments yep it's it's an incredible company to just see. Like really great documentation and just a really neat product. Some great APIs. Yeah, you can you can learn a lot just from poking around in in how Stripe have done stuff. It's very cool. Oh,
0: no, um, for sure. No, that is big, pretty big interesting. Of that product. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. Do Do you have any like horror stories from from working <laughs> with, like, trying to build Splito or any other horror stories that might interest us. yeah it's
1: it's an interesting one i suppose we got like horror stories from like a people side or a tech side and <laughs> from every different side um <laughs> the yeah the the sort of the one of the horror stories that kind of comes to my mind um every time we talk about well actually there's two so from the co- first company that i ever worked for um two two come to mind actually because um let me start let me start with one of them so Around that time, so we used to host stuff, uh, as I said, in in AWS, we used to have these EC2 images, and mm-hmm. I remember some customer had, uh, sorry, some customer had some issue, and it was quite literally before our Christmas party, so it was Christmas Eve, and everyone sort of clearing up the office to, to head out to this party yep. and, like, you know, go get drunk, and it was a small company, so if everyone, if anything happened, like, we were all going to be there, like, uh, and before that, the the CTO clearly had like far too much faith in me, because um, he then asked me to do this sort of like production hotfix on these servers, um, uh, which I remember at the time was quite funny because there I am sort of SSHing into these different servers. I didn't understand about like the the sort of fingerprint thing that comes up where it's like uh, where you haven't logged in or, on the yep, sort of yep. your own host with SSH, You're like yes, no. I, I didn't even know what that was. Like I, I I didn't even know. I was like just pressing buttons. So there I am in this production service. Um, which is like quite a quite an important um, product. It like mm-hmm. it was running for. I mean, I, I probably probably won't say at this point what it was under the scenes, but um, but yeah. And then I'm sort of sort of hot fixing, and you know my palms are sort of sweating, like you know hoping that I don't break anything. And I'm sort of like cool. I get everything done. And it's all clean, and um, I, you know sort of get out of this thing. Like cool. So should we go or whatever and start testing it? And as I'm refreshing the page, like the issue that I was seeing like is like coming back like every now and again. Mm-hmm. So I remember sort of speaking to the CTO about this and I'm like, oh, the issue's still there. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, Like, have you done like all of the servers? It's, low, it's load balanced. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so I was sat there like ssh into all these different yeah, servers. Them, this, yeah. this. In that particular scenario, nothing actually went wrong. But in hindsight, when I was reflecting back on that, I was like, oh my, like, yeah. don't do that um don't give junior i think i had had i'd worked for like four months (laughs) maybe six months four months something like this yeah don't don't give your junior devs like ssh access to prod yeah in in, in that amount of time like yeah a lot of what we were doing there was yeah it wasn't great like ever since then sort of the idea of like sort of a mutual immutable infrastructure and trying to do -hmm. stuff in like a scripted and controlled way ever since. And and luckily I haven't been in that situation where I'm sort of hand modifying service, which hopefully is less common nowadays than, than in the past. But, um, yeah, that was, that was something special. Mm. And, uh, to be fair, the same company in the same way as well, we used to have quite a big, um, quite a big like government client and Mm. the way that the app was architected, a lot of the style sheets as well were, um, were stored in in this database. And I remember I was going in there trying to update them. It was really fiddly because you had to sort of copy paste style sheets out of a database and then edit them and then put them back into the database. Mm -hmm. And I remember at one point, I I must've basically accidentally deleted um, this whole item in the database. And then I go back to the website and it just looks awful. Like it's unusable (laughs) (laughs) I'd like trashed it. And just this like feeling of just like total dread. I'm like, oh, my. And I think I'd saved a copy somewhere in my computer. Oh, okay. I managed to fish it out and like recover it eventually. But like, oh, man. Yeah. Like, I don't know. For how, <laughs> however long that took to recover that, I'm thinking, oh, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm done for. Like, I'm fired. I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very important client. It's a very serious <laughs> website. Um, it's a big sort of government service. And...
0: Yeah. To be honest, yeah. I've been there Uh-oh. Yeah. deleting the wrong. It's not fun um, files not fun. on database <laughs> <laughs> i can laugh about
1: it now it wasn't funny at the time.
0: yeah yeah it is um, not um, um i had uh, the same feeling like i'm i'm fired now as soon as they find it <laughs> out who did it i'm fired um but yeah no it's it's always it's always fun to look back at these um yeah so i guess you now that um kind of covers up here like the career side of things and like how you started towards how where you are kind of right now and how you were able to progress through like different different i want to say positions but not not only positions but your yourself um and how you transition towards from like being a mean expert or mean stack expert to like cloud now yeah and i want you to know like I know there's a change coming soon, as you mentioned before, but like, what are you excited about for what's coming in the like near years? For for like cloud specifically? Or anything that might have interested you. Like, I don't know. I know I've talked to a few people that are interested in IOT and might transition towards that. Um, there's web three, there's always. New things happening in AI, ML, and also there's AR, VR world yep. that's still left to explore.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a great question. I, I don't think I necessarily have at this point some specific interest in in some of those at the moment. I, I mean, I'm pers- from a personal standpoint still mm-hmm. continuing to just dig into into the cloud. And as I mentioned before, yep. I think if if I'm if I'm picking a specific area of the cloud that interests me the most, it's it's sort of serverless development. And, and I think that that has a, a long way to go. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot more sort of improvements and, and, and knowledge and understanding that needs to come there. I think that that, that sort of subsection of the cloud is um, it's quite immature in some ways and and that's why I'm kind of interested in it. And I think that it has a long way to go so yeah. whilst there's other areas of the sort of machine learning and AI and yeah like Web3 stuff or you know that kind of stuff is, is certainly interesting but I yeah because I'm still there's still Mm -hmm. so much to learn within like cloud and serverless and stuff like that that's still uh my particular sort of area of interest um kind of going forward and I don't really see that changing for the next Mm -hmm. few years I suppose if if I saw something on the horizon like the skills I'm in was going to be defunct in the next sort of I don't know let's call it three years then I would be thinking about making a change but because that's just doesn't seem like the case whatsoever then you know that's just continues to i guess still sort of be my focus and um I, I haven't been one i don't know about you but i certainly i don't think i've been one necessarily to chase specific trends and things i, I spent mm-hmm. a lot of my time trying to to go back actually and to address sort of fundamentals and gaps in my knowledge and things like that um so uh, you know, yeah kind of trying to build a better foundation especially when mm-hmm. i'm working with with other people or being in a more senior position, it's trying to build that foundation because I want to have sort of knowledge of um, knowledge of a lot of different areas because I think that that's useful, especially in like a workplace context to to have that broad knowledge. And I'm always very, when I come across other engineers that are sort of knowledgeable in what I would say is like broad areas. If I come across someone, let's say that has like a deep knowledge of like Linux or something like that, I'm always mm-hmm. very impressed because like My Linux is okay, but like I come across people that are like super, like they, they know everything, um, and I'm just chasing that, I guess that sort of trying to (laughs) trying to build this, like the, as best as possible, like a foundation across, um, sort of software engineering in general and like with a cloud focus, but now I, I'm not personally like, I guess, like chasing any particular sort of specific trend in that, in that regards. Um, not right now anyway.
0: No, that's, that's good to know. And I think you manage it way better than, than me. <laughs> in, in I don't know. Not... Maybe in... i
1: make you look like it. <laughs> oh, no, no.
0: Um, like I see something, at least what I do. Uh, so what I do right now is I study it up. So like I would open a YouTube video or a blog. Let's say I'm interested in Web3. I would love to know what the technology itself is, but I try to like, keep myself away if I'm not interested. But every yep. now and then I have that feeling of like FOMO <laughs> because yeah, there are yeah. so many great people tweeting about it and creating content around it. And you're like, oh, maybe I'm missing on something. Um, but yeah, no, I think over time I have gotten better at managing that and like staying like focused towards one niche. Um, but I still have a lot to learn. Um, but yeah, no. And I just have a quick quiz for you or like a rapid fire round. Um, which is not, (laughs) not, yeah, it's not technical. It's just, just getting to know you better, um, in regards to what kind of like tech you use and what technologies you're interested in. So the first question is, um, what do you prefer, uh, in regards to your operating systems? So like Linux, Mac or windows? Uh, I mean, I've been Mac for a long time, so Mac. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. And then. Do you prefer like a dedicated PC or you you stick to like laptops for that portability?
1: Oh, good question.
0: Um, I mean, I've been laptop for
1: quite some time, but I'm Mm -hmm. considering buying a Mac mini, um, in the next Mm -hmm. couple of months. So moving to like a desktop, um, mainly because I do generally try to do a lot of my work just at my actual workspace. (laughs) I just find it healthier just to, so maybe it might be desktop in the future, but it's been laptop so far
0: okay oh that's good to know and then we i think we already know the answer to this but um like what's your what's your favorite topmost programming language
1: oh okay so my background is obviously js but Mm -hmm. i've actually been playing a lot around with golang recently and i actually really like it um and i'm thinking to kind of switch my i guess my specialty over the Mm -hmm. next year or two actually into golang rather than JavaScript, it just plays better with some of the stuff that I want to do in the future with cloud and yeah, there's pros and cons. It's a, it's a bit more of a verbose language, um, Mm -hmm. but there's aspects to it that I really enjoy, uh, that I don't necessarily enjoy from, from the JS ecosystem and stuff like that. Like philosophically, I don't know how much, you know, but like in the JS ecosystem, obviously it's a meme that there's a new framework every five minutes, but like in the go space uh it's interesting philosophically they've decided Mm -hmm. to not extend the language um okay Mm -hmm. unless there's a good reason so it's almost like they're saying look we want it to be stable and yeah maybe your syntax might be slightly verbose here and there but like we're not going to give you five ways to do the same thing Mm -hmm. we're going to try and give you one way and Mm -hmm. yeah i I really appreciate that and after being on the treadmill of the the js world for so long you hear someone say like oh yeah, we're going to try to keep it stable. <laughs> As you know, with so many things to look into and learn, you're like, oh, OK, cool. One less thing to look into. Yeah. That sounds neat. Um,
0: so yeah. And it gets overwhelming, especially for beginners out there with JS. Like, oh, what? There's like five it's, frameworks that I can choose. <laughs>
1: it's overwhelming for me. It's yeah, It's been like nearly 10 years of JS now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I'm super
0: overwhelmed still. <laughs> so oh, that's interesting. So yeah, I guess now that you have mentioned, Goldang. I, uh, right after this call, I have to go and look at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the things that I struggle with. And I think kind of already know the answer to this, too. But favorite, kind of favorite cloud right now. So AWS, Azure, GCP, and there are a million others, <laughs> so like DigitalOcean. Ah, oh,
1: yeah, tough one. Um, Well, the thing is, my, my background's in AWS, so yeah. Uh, yeah, like I-, I wish I've played more with some of the other clouds, and my intention mm-hmm. is to play a bit more, um, especially around. Uh, for some reason, I kind of find myself drawn to GCP. Uh, I've done some stuff in Azure as well through work, things like that. But um, mm-hmm. AWS has been sort of my staple um, throughout time. So yeah, I'd probably go with that. Okay. So I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of uh, alternatives, like the smaller niche ones. I don't know. You got like the serverless cloud coming out now as well. Yeah
0: it's going to get yeah. it's going to get a bit more niche but uh no for sure yeah um yeah no i think i think that is we are like moving towards the end of the episode here and it was really it was really um uh, nice to discuss like the insights of your career and get to know you better and i think this is a yeah we have known each other on twitter for a while now and we have been like exchanging messages and stuff um we even have talked on discord but we haven't really met like face to face even though it's over uh <laughs> a video call but no it was it was really nice um finally catching up with you um do you have any tip or any suggestion um for the audience while we like move towards the end and wrap this up
1: uh no not necessarily i mean if people want to sort of follow some of my stuff open up the cloud.com obviously is the, the blog and you can find a lot of other stuff from that one thing that i suppose i didn't mention as well is with the open up the cloud stuff that i'm doing is i'm trying to run it as uh, basically like a social enterprise so any money that i'm earning from open up the cloud is basically going back into the community which is quite cool so sort of any support that you give for me i'm doing my best to then just give that away um which has been cool so over the last year we've kind of been able to give away um some certifications to people that probably couldn't afford it before and um you know sponsor some people as well that are doing doing good work and stuff like that but yeah if and then if anyone has any questions or stuff you know reach out to me i, I, I love answering people's questions and doing my yep. best to help out as well um but yeah and yeah
0: then. you're yeah i'll I'll make sure to have all your socials in the in the description too but yeah you can <laughs> so many out. nowadays <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, i try to keep them down for me it's always uh, like twitter and maybe sometimes linkedin um yeah but yeah other than that i yeah I can't just yeah. keep up with it <laughs> you're you're
1: platforms. you're I've seen you quite big on the LinkedIn uh, I haven't got there yet i yeah it's it's too yeah. much already. I do quite a lot on Twitter and I do a bit on Instagram actually nowadays as well, oh okay, but,
0: yeah, I jumped the boat on Instagram, I think like two years ago, and I'm like, I'm fine, like nothing has changed <laughs> since then. Um, yeah
1: i mean i don't i don't want to take on a different segue towards the end but yeah Instagram's funny for tech it's it's mm-hmm. a bit weird but one thing is i found that i get quite a lot of interactions and, and, and people are quite willing to chat and stuff on there which for me is the big thing with the social media i just want to talk to people i want to get the engagement i want to you know Next. see reactions to different stuff that i'm putting out um no, for sure but yeah but it's it's a weird one with uh yeah because it's the TikTok is kind of making uh, its way to yeah. Instagram and all, all the dancing and
0: yeah, it's a, it's a weird place. <laughs> no, for sure. But yeah, I think, no, it was, it was really insightful and there were some really good, um, tips, uh, within our conversations about your career here and all those funny horror stories. Now we <laughs> look back at those and laugh, but yeah, no, it was really nice to have you. Um, and yeah, we'll keep in touch for sure and watch out for open up the cloud and you can follow lou on twitter and he also has some videos coming in uh on his youtube so look yes, out for of those of course of course. amazing yeah. thanks rishabh i really appreciate it it's been good fun no it was it was really great to have you